Okay, though, for real, why did you wake up today and choose violence? Like, why would you say that to me? <laughs> you I know how that? I feel what about did this I film. Say that upset you? You said Thor 2 was good. I'm Who even are you? You go back <laughs> with what? a clear head. I just think everyone watched it on a bad day. That's all. If you go back, clear your head, have a bit of sleep. Let's make sure, you know, there's nothing troubling you. Watch it when you're in a good mood. Then we'll see. That's too many conditions. That's too many conditions. <laughs> That's way <laughs> too true. many conditions. Because with a good Marvel film, like, say... Uh, Winter Soldier, even if I'm in a bad mood, I can put that on. You're saying I have to be in a good mood to watch this movie. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I mean, so, isn't that isn't that the best mood to watch any movie in? When you're in a bad mood. No, when you're in a good mood. You Why would you watch anything in a, in a bad mood? I could watch something and that would distract me from the fact that I'd be in a bad mood. That's a really good film. That's fair. I'm just, <laughs> I, listen, I'm just saying. I know you're trying to, you want to kill me, but Thor The Dark World has redeemable qualities you that's know, fair right I'll, I'll let i'll let you have this because i want to discuss it with you we're gonna do this because i need to hear your point of view now i'm just saying i used to be like you i i was once i'm the old man now i was once like you but i saw some of the some of the areas in my ways i mean it's still one of the bottom bottom tier mcu films i'm just saying man there are some redeemable qualities that's all I'm not saying it's the whole thing's good. There are some redeemable qualities. I think that's fair, no? So we're going to talk about Invincible today, but before we do, welcome to Lockdown Yard. <laughs> You're so traumatized by Thor the Dark World, you don't even I'm know. I'm not traumatized. I want to say we're for the review, because I've got so many things I want to talk to you about this film. That's cool, man. That's cool, but yeah. That means I have to rewatch it. And I don't want to think about that right now. I want to think about Invincible. <laughs> oh, I've been looking forward to this one. I only found out about it when... So you told me... It was on one of our previous episodes. Yeah, I thought uh, you were. Our usual bit where we talk before the main bit. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Invincible. And I said I hadn't watched it, although I've heard about it. Yeah. So I took that as a, a good ear twisting. You twisted my ear. I was like, boy, if you don't... <laughs> so I go on to it. I watched it. And I am glad I did. I'm glad I did. Damn, man, what a show. What a show. I can't believe how popular it was when I got around to it. I, I didn't know it was a 2D show, so I, I was surprised by how popular it is, considering it's one a superhero franchise and it's not DC or Marvel. So already it's like, okay, fair enough. And two, it's you know 2D animation, and it's really resonating with adults, and it's not an anime. So I'm just, I was thinking, okay... Yeah. So what, what do we have here? And I was pleasantly surprised. I had, I had zero expectations going into this. Same, same. Actually, wait, no. T- so I found out about it through a trailer I saw. And it looked good, but I didn't know anything about the comics or anything. All I knew was this trailer. And it same was based here. on a comics that was written by uh, the same writer as The Walking Dead. I think his name is yep, Robert. Robert Kirkman. Yeah, Robert Kirkman, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. It has a lot going for it because I liked his earlier comic books. I haven't finished the rest of them. That's why I say the earlier ones. But like his, the way he does his stories, the way he plays with humanity and decisions and how we're the real uh, monsters sometimes. And But that's not even the real threat. There's actually another threat going on. Just the mm. way he talks about relation. He shows relationships and betrayals 
and all that stuff. I love that about his like writing in The Walking Dead. So that hyped me up to watch this one. And boy, the twists and turns this gave you from the get-go, from episode one. That got you hooked, didn't it? I mean, if there's ever... You know them shows where you tell people to watch it? Uh, just watch... Some shows you have to tell people, okay, watch the... Watch the first three episodes and see yeah. if, you're, if you're feeling it. With this one, really, just watch the first episode. Watch the first episode. Just get through the first episode. Through the first episode. That's it. Exactly. Just watch the first episode, and if you're you're in from there, then you're in. If you're not, then go about your day, innit? it. You're missing out, but go about your day. Like yeah. this was on obviously uh, Amazon Prime is where we watched it, and it's what it's known as a platform that people don't use enough. Everyone know everyone. Well, most people have Amazon Prime, but not a lot of people use their Prime Video enough. Mm, I think so, so too. they would have probably seen those who might have happened to, you know, venture into their their Prime Video section might have seen, you know, the square tab with this this cartoon icon and be like, ah, it's another one of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was kind of surprised that it, you know it gained so much popularity, so much so that. It's been renewed for a second and third season, right? Is what yeah. I heard. I want. I would actually love like a featured movie they released in the cinema. Like, imagine the finale. Of that one, rated R. Rated, rated R. R has to be rated no, it's R. No, there's like no room for anything less. It yeah. has to be R. This show is nothing if not like very vivid in its um, violence. You cannot have anything but R. But that would be a great. I would love to see that in the cinema. Mm. Like the finale in the cinema. But I feel, you know what, I've realized on our previous um, episodes, our previous podcast episodes, we never really say spoilers, this and that. And that's because we do tend to talk about films that have been, they've been done. They've been done for years. Unless it's like new releases like, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we previously did. So we don't usually say, you know, give the spoiler warning. But because this is quite fresh, I feel obligated to say spoiler alert. All right. We're going to get into deep spoilers. So. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, just take our you know our hyping up of it up to this point as a as a recommendation to to get on it. I know a lot of people are gonna see ah two D superhero thing ah oh, it's one of those, but believe me, you're wrong, <laughs> you're wrong. So yeah, that was that was the one of the disclaimers. I like I like how we got to this point where I don't have to defend the show anymore. You can defend it. <laughs> I got you onto it, and now you're just defending it with so much passion. I love it. That's how good the show is, people. <laughs> you're sitting there going, you know, like Palpatine. Good, good. <laughs> Promote invincible. <laughs> the disclaim- more disclaimers, like you heard us mention, we haven't read the comics, and we are aware that you know, we've seen the first season, it's not the complete story. The comics have finished, but this first season was just a segment of the comics. And obviously it's been renewed for season two and three, which probably won't even cover the whole story. It'll probably go on for more seasons, depending on the success. So yes, we know we haven't seen the comics, so we'll probably make some assumptions where we're totally wrong. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I don't know about you, but I don't, I'm not sure whether I want to read the comics now. I'm in a weird spot. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like, if I do read it, it'll be spoilers. But I've become a fan of it, so I want to read it. So what the, what do I do? I mean, why don't you just read up until a certain point and then just stop? Yeah, but the thing is, you know how comics go. It's not the exact 
same adaptation, they would have changed some things to to adapt it, wouldn't they? Yeah, so, but that's not going to necessarily ruin it. That could give you like maybe it's like deleted scenes. Think of it like that. But what if what if they've included some things that happen later, earlier, and vice versa? You know, stuff like that. That's why you know I'll just I'll just I'm happy to stick with the TV show. Okay, I'm sure fair. it might get spoiled for us though. There, I know there are loads more people going to read the comics now and they're going to say, ah. Oh, this is what happens to Omni Man when he flies off. Blah blah blah. We know, we know. All right, but all right, man. Let's <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. Episode one. What is it about episode? You said okay. episode one. Let's basically like describe it in like a brief summary. So give give uh, us that synopsis. Let's go. So Mark Grayson, he's a normal teenager. Um, his dad is basically the Superman of the world. Yep. And there is a version of the Justice League in the world. They call him what? The Guardians that of the Galaxy. Wannabe Justice League. That <laughs> Poor Man's Justice League. <laughs> Poor Man's Justice League. Justice League Light. Um, Goddess of the Globe. Um, and he develops powers of his own, Mark, from his father. His father is a, is a race, is an alien called. The Vulturites. Vulturites, thank you. Yeah. And going into it, the first episode. Um, You'd think it would be like a typical, oh, he's going to be how his, like his father. They're going to like train and get stronger. And the show's going to be about like his trials and tribulations as a superhero. And it is. However, the dad, <laughs> the dad isn't exactly Superman. Um, as not you get. all is as it seems. Not all is as it seems. Yeah. So the first episode, I know I got you into the first episode and I got you hooked. You find out exactly what happens and where the show is going, and you're not expecting it at all. I mean, the first, with the first episode, that obviously the shock factor we're referring to is the ending, where you, we have the Guardians of the Globe, who are in effect the Justice League. We think, you know, okay, they're here to protect the planet, and we we assume they're very cool with Omni Man. They're all one. They're all trying to protect the planet, and then out of nowhere. They're all assembled, and they quickly figure out that this wasn't organized by one of them, and they've all been brought here by someone else externally. And then quickly, Omni-Man converges on them and just attacks them, and it's brutal. 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 This is why it needs to be odd. That's just how brutal yeah. that scene was. Because oh throughout the episode, we think Omni-Man is this noble protector of the Earth. He's, he's, we, we do catch on that he's the most powerful out of all of them, right? Mm -hmm. More or less. And we think um, they're all work, kind of working together. You know, Omni-Man's got his own family, but we, we kind of get the idea, we get the impression more, that the Guardians of the Globe are... They're all working towards the same goal, right? They all want to protect the Earth, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the end is total shocker. When I first finished that scene, where Omni-Man just attacks and kills brutally all of the Guardians of the, the globe, I I think I remember texting you, saying, was he under mind control? Yeah, and you were like, did. nope, that was all him. And all this was him. before we saw the finale, which, you know, you obviously explained that it was all him. Mm. But, yeah, I was shocked. I, I was, was shocked. shocked. I thought, oh, okay, they're doing a the mind control. If someone's controlling his mind because he's the most powerful one and he can kill them all. So, mm. bam. This is why I love the story because you think they've established these. We're used to associating like Justice League with being like these pillars that can be like toppled or anything, and they establish that at the beginning. I have never seen a show that does something 
like massacres like so many characters in one go and mm-hmm. that sparks the whole like plot of the season yep like, like um, to this effect and that vivid like the vividness of it like it's mad wait it's mad. you know when the most brutal bit of that was red rush's death you uh, know what that reminded me of game of thrones the game mountain. of thrones yeah the, the, the mountain killed Oberyn. He just crushed his head. Crushed and then you can it. see like the speed of the punches. It was actually having an effect on Omni-Man. He was punching his chest nah, repeatedly. The and it started ripping up his suit. And it started uh, blemishing his skin. Cause, mm-hmm. um, he was punching him so fast. And you know what detail I liked in that? What? When um, uh, Red Rush's punches... First, it was first he was his fist. And then as he was getting crushed more and more, his hands just became erratic. And he was just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. I love that animation detail. Yeah, the animation was mad in this fight. I don't even call it a fight, it just a massacre. Oh, mm-hmm. the one that got me was the one, was it Darkwing or whatever? Batman the fake Light. Batman. Yeah, Batman Light, whatever his name is. His one, Omni Man just grabs him by his ankle and just full on like puny god hulks him, slams oh. him on the floor. <laughs> and then he all you see is the key. blood and, bro, he got that Loki treatment, literally, from Omni Man. And he just uses him as like, like, I'd hit another motherfucker with another motherfucker. Like, literally just throws him onto the next person. Bro, this scene was immense. Man uses him as a whiplash. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know, I've, I've got a funny comment about uh, Batman. So, you know, there's a bit of a, a mini community online where they kind of slander Batman. Was they have this they have this Is perception pre- that Batman, he's just some rich guy. He beats up really, <laughs> <laughs> really damn bad criminals who were just trying to provide for their families Bro. and just beats them up and there was another thing going around where the only reason Batman shows his mouth is so police officers can see that he's oh white. no I knew you <laughs> oh my days so police no. officers can see he's white so they don't leave, so they leave him alone so oh it's so days. funny to see this fake Batman being black oh my days I've not heard of this before <laughs> The thing about police tend to they tend to work with and they don't tend to bother Batman that much. There have been times where they have bothered Batman, but on the whole, they kind of work together. But (laughs) (laughs) the assumption was that you know he leaves his he leaves his uh, his jaw area exposed, so they know that alright he white at least he white. So to see the black Batman, <laughs> I was just laughing. Man. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> oh my tears! I got tears in my eyes. <laughs> oh my tears! Well, I should have I should have mentioned that at the start. Yeah, you know it's Robert Kirkman, and I did notice it. This the voice cast the the cast was star studded with. Um, Walking Dead alumni. Yeah, yeah, I knew about that too. Um, they were the. They had Glenn. The so they had Glenn. They had Maggie. Like Glenn, Maggie. They had they... Sasha. Sasha. Sasha as the the girl who fades. Phases. I forget the hero name. The uh, all green, all green suit. Green ghost or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and they had uh, Aaron as well. Yeah, so they Aaron, had them four. They had Lenny, Wing, Lenny James was um was that man? <laughs> oh yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, more so, yeah, man. They had quite a few Walking Dead alumni, and it made sense because you know Robert Kirkman he wrote Walking Dead as well, so yeah, there's a link there. And they had the, one of the most veteran voice actors of all time, uh, 
I don't know how to say his name properly. I've never said it out loud before. Kerry Payton? Ooh, what's he been in? Oh, he was the worst of Cyborg in Teen Titans. Um, he's the he's Ezekiel in Walking Dead. He's done so much, man. I, I find this... Oh, man, like, like Ezekiel with the tiger. Yeah, yeah, with the ah, tiger. Cool, cool, cool. But he's been right. in, like, bits. He's been doing bits for time, man. Hmm. But then we find out later that Omni-Man kills the Guardians. The, well, the reason he killed them, because that... It was a mystery, wasn't it? Throughout the whole the whole season, right up until the last episode, why did he kill the Guardians of the Globe? And mm-hmm. it was because they were a threat to his real purpose on Earth, which was to to conquer it. Because in mm-hmm. the, in the first episode, uh, when he we saw a flashback to him explaining to his son Mark exactly where he was from, he said, "I'm from a planet called Viltrum," and we're all very powerful and we get deployed to different planets to protect them. So that was the lie we were fed as the audience in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But then when when he killed the Guardians of the Globe, all the way through, we were like, oh, something's up. Something is up. I Personally, <coughs> I thought he was under mind control. And then I text you and then you said no. And I was like, okay, what's really going on? And obviously, as, a, as people who haven't read the comics... That kept the intrigue up, didn't it? So mm. we later found out that he killed them all because they were a threat to his real quest, which was he wasn't sent to Earth to protect it. He was sent to Earth to conquer it, to mm. take it over. And the Guardians of the Globe were the biggest threat to that. So what better thing to do than get them all in one place and quite literally kill all the birds with one stone? <laughs> it was mad. Yeah, I love... I, the reason I knew it wasn't mind control was um I just it didn't he was acting like so independently and so sneaky in the way he was like trying to hide things. It made yeah. me feel like he was working for someone, not under mind control. But I didn't really know what his purpose was. I just knew it wasn't mind control. But JK Simmons man oh, what, yeah. what a good choice. Like instantly when I saw the comic book um of him, I was like, that's definitely JK Simmons before mm-hmm. I even before I even watched the first episode. So, so I mean, like, the moustache, man. The, yeah, the moustache. <laughs> they gave him the Spider-Man moustache. Spider-Man 2 moustache. But, bro, this delivery of some of his lines, in especially in the last one, like, I was so, like, damn. Your Viltrumite in blood only. These guys, they're like, they're like pets. Your mother was like a pet. I was like, whoa. Oh, when he said, uh, yeah, his speech, his speech he gave about, did you ever love mum? I did, as a pet. Ooh. Oh my days. I guess, yeah, because he did explain he is a mortal and like hundreds of years from now she's going to be dead. I guess, I don't even know how old he is now. Maybe he's had, like, he said he's never had a, like, a family like this before, but he's lived for mm. like hundreds and thousands of years. Who knows? Um, maybe he's had like loves before and they've all died. Maybe it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it does make sense when you think about it from his perspective, but damn, it's still cold as hell. Mm. It's such a cold way to describe, like, like family, you know, like your family. That's mad. And the thing is, what they tried to portray with that, you know, when he was absolutely beating the snot out of Mark, just punching him. So much blood loss, man. I know it's animation and whatnot, but Mm. to be honest, if you've seen the likes of uh, Watership Down, do you remember Watership Down? 
know. With the vi- really violent cartoon with the, the bunnies, the rabbits. I don't... Oh, yeah. yeah oh, that was dark. That was dark. That was so... That was needlessly dark. Yeah. That was my one of my first introductions during childhood to proper cartoon violence mm. with, you know, the level of the, the fighting and the blood and the injuries and whatnot. Yeah, I've never looked at Bunny the same way since that film. I'm not oh, scared of bunnies, but I just I'm just aware that there's another side to bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been in, we've been introduced to cartoon violence to a similar level, but man, I don't know if I've seen cartoon violence to this level. This has definitely usurped that. It's the, similar. The blood loss. Oh, I know it's, it's always it's all exaggerated, obviously, but mm, man, he took his beating. And also, do you, do you remember? Um, I used this I used this uh, analogy in a previous ep, Mojo Jojo. Are you comparing Mark to Mojo Jojo? <laughs> Wait, the way he got his ass whooped. Nah, you're, you're making, you're taking the piss. I'm only saying that because, bro, there were some traumatizing moments in this fight before that. The train bit. Oh my days. Oh my, that was what a scene that was. The that what was a scene. mad. Making him stare, stare in the eyes of everyone. He was turning into mincemeat. Bro, that was crazy. It just. And it just kept going on and on. There's, there was so much death in that. So much. So much. You know what? Before this, like in terms of in superhero films, you know, everyone talks about the damage here. Man of Steel, oh, how many people are they killing, smashing into all these buildings? That kind of thing. Yeah, this this makes Man of Steel looks, look a-okay. It's, like, it's not that bad, Man of Steel. This make, the amount of civilians, not even, not even just in the finale. Do you remember that fight with the aliens? Who kept coming back to Earth? I forget their their names. This is bad, yeah. but I forget the green aliens who kept coming back to Earth. Mm-hmm. They kept learning how to overcome their last defeat. They kept returning. You know the ones who who aged really fast. Yeah, when they yeah. came to Earth, there were a lot of civilian casualties in that. Do you remember the 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 old lady that Mark tried to save, and then oh he crushed God. her. Her leg was oh. broken. I was like, eesh. Mm. The violence in this man. It's not. <laughs> It's I always get I randomly I randomly always get flashbacks to Powerpuff Girls. I don't know who was it that just stood in Mojo Jojo's mouth and his brain was just leaking out of that, that that helmet thing. His eyes popping out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Messed up. Um, I think I think that's why this feels different to DC and Marvel because you don't really focus. They don't really focus on like the people and what happens to them when they're having this big superhero fight it's always like these big buildings are going down just like you said in man of steel like in reality the camera doesn't really focus and the scene doesn't really focus and it just focuses on the action this one was just about consequences as much as like what was going on with the narrative as well mm. this is mad mad storytelling i loved it i was here for it the whole time i, I don't know why i feel like robert kirkman hates dc why, why do you do the the fake Justice League like that, man? Probably to, like, make a point. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, if he made it as as a rebellion to the constant Marvel and DC domination, then fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, the series is getting its flowers now. So. I mean, you could kind of say it's similar to, like, um, what Miles Scorsese said about Marvel mm. films. Like, it's all the same stuff, and eventually you probably get tired of it and get annoyed just seeing all the same stuff. So, I mean... Mm. It was like a statement like that. I don't know. Not like hating on it. Just like, I want to do something different because, you know. Fair enough, man. 
And you know what? My favorite, my I'll ask you your favorite character was throughout the series because there are quite a few supporting characters we had. Um, so you know what? The pronunciation of this sounds funny in a non-American accent. So obviously Americans say Adam Eve, but we we'll, I'll say Adam Eve. And I don't know. It sounds weird, man. <laughs> so you had Adam Eve. I just say Adam Eve, man. I'm not gonna pretend. You have Atom Eve, you have um, his Rexplode. girlfriend, Rexplode. And you had Robot. Robot, you had Beast Girl. Who else was there? Uh, oh, and then you had um, Black Samson. Yeah, Black Samson. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you had loads of supporting characters in that. They were all good. I like. I really liked the, the training scene where they were mm. recruiting for the new version of the Guardians of the Globe kind of scene. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I found Explode like just hilarious because I like um, the actor who plays him. I can never say his last name, but he's in Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's the erratic guy, um, Adrian Pimento. His energy oh, is just like just so all over the place. <laughs> he just shouts over nothing. Explode <laughs> oh, was so annoying to me. He's like my least favorite character. It's just so <laughs> annoying. Ah, even the even the villains were the mustache twirling me villains like. Doctor Seismic. Doctor Seismic. Which one was that one? The one he like he calls earthquakes. He's in the. You know when they were fighting him in the mountains. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Oh, he, that was so cheesy. Mm. And then they had the the guy who was turning everyone into robots to perfect the human state. That guy was weird as well. Oh, that was that was a dark episode, man. It was, you know. But my favorite character might shock you was Cecil. I really yeah. enjoyed the character of Cecil and his, yeah. his teleportation technology, which got him out of so many scrapes. For real, I mean, literally. He, he lost a tie when he should have lost his head. That was so and, close. And his throat. His mm-hmm. throat. Omni-Man was going to rip his throat out. But I just loved how he just... He's so like... A, he's like a spy. He just shows up out of the out of the blue. And he's so, he's so in the know. I love those kind of characters. Do you know who voices him? Oh... Man like Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. <laughs> I just, that guy has range. How can he go from that goofy sheriff in the Hateful Eight, like we discussed in one of our previous episodes, to to this? To this, just calm. He has range, man. I like my. You asked me what my fa- who my favorite character is. Mm. I was gonna say um Cecil, but I'll go with my second one. Kind of since you've taken um uh, my favorite character. What's his name? Um, the the demon detective. I don't I forgot his name, but the oh, demon detective. The fake Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fake Hellboy. No, I have to find his name now. He has to get some respect on his name because he was dope. Every time he showed up in the scene, he, the way he talked as well, I loved it. I loved every scene he was in. Yeah, man. he never said full sentences. He just said the key parts, yeah. and how he was from the off. He was onto Omni Man. Mm. Yeah, I also loved the fact where every time he shows up. The room got really cold, and you can see your breath. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of my uh, my house in Portsmouth Uni when <laughs> the heating cut off. You can see your breath in the house. Oh it's like goodness. that. <laughs> Those times are hard. <laughs> you sound like you struggled, man. And I like how they sent him back to hell as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that scene. Was <laughs> yeah, they had his assistant reading that incantation. There's something else I liked about that scene. Um, it's a small detail, but it's um, it's noteworthy. It's when Cecil knows that he's in the room, 
mm-hmm. because the room went cold, and then he just says, "Clear the room." And then, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. he shows. I love that scene. Demon detective shows up, and I was like, "Yo, that little detail just shows how much he knows," and that's just like, ah, that that's like some Nick Fury ish man. Like that's that's dope. That's actually quite a good way to describe Cecil in this. He's probably the Nick Fury with a bit more high tech. Because that mm-hmm. teleportation technology, well, that was exceptional, to be honest. But there's one other bit of tech, which, if you're one of those conspiracy theorists that were, you know, the government is poisoning us with water. They're, they're oh lacing our water <laughs> with stuff Yo. that affects our brains. I mean, I'm not saying I believe it, but it's like, it, you know, it, it makes you t- have a double take, doesn't it? I think it, it just it seems you have that... a double take. Seeing that just made me be like, damn, that is, that's mad. That's proper mm. sci-fi, like, what the hell? That was such a cool scene. I really, it's, it was a really quick minor scene, but I loved it so much. Mm. Man like Cecil. Okay, um, what did you think of the relationship with Amber? What's her name, Amber? Amber, that was it. Amber mm. and Mark. Uh, I don't know, she didn't like him at the start. She didn't notice him at the start. Yeah, didn't notice him at the start. I found it a bit fake how she was into him. I don't know, it was a bit random. I kind of felt like it made sense in, like, the storyline. Like, it's kind of, like, generic. Like, oh, he stood up for me. I noticed him. I kind of like him now for some reason because he's shown me attention. But then, obviously, it goes to part with the whole drama of keeping the secret. Mm. But the one thing I really liked, again, was the fact that she knew. Because when she re- he revealed it that he was invincible, she was like, okay. Now what? Yeah, but how long? How long has she known for? She said like a few weeks or something. She picked something. She picked it up. I like the way she just explained it though. It was so simple. Oh yeah, I just picked it up because yeah, you're not always around and this and this and this. And I was like, why? This is realistic. Like, mm. I feel like anyone in a modern day relationship with someone would wonder where this person keeps going, and they would just make sense of it like somehow. Like, come on. But one thing I loved about just the world, this superhero world, was just that everyone had powers. Not everyone, obviously, but the people who had powers, they just had them. They didn't mm. say, oh, this is how everyone got powers, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, this is, people have powers and we're going to roll with it and you're mm. going to accept it. I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't, I wasn't mad at that at all. Mm-mm, but one thing that really frustrated me was. I guess it's realistic because he's never been a superhero before in his life and he, we pretty much saw him on his learning curve. But, man, Invincible, a.k.a. Mark, he got beaten up every episode. Bro. Every episode. <laughs> he, even if he won a fight, it wasn't, it wasn't clean at all. Oh, every, every time he got beaten up, I know I wanted to make the joke he should change his name, but everyone keeps doing that anyway. But it's true, he should really pick a different he name. He's a fraud. <laughs> He's a fraud. There's nothing a invincible about you. He's been to hospital like twice. Man, he's invincible. He's not invincible. Even uh, Seth Seth Rogen's um, alien, Alan the oh, alien, Alan the alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he even said it. I think in an episode, is like you should really think about changing your name because uh, you're pretty invincible <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, Actually, I, lo- I liked it. The interactions between it's a slight tangent. The interactions between Alan the alien and Mark. I really like those actually. When they just sat in space, it's like, here, grab a rock. Yeah. Let's talk. And That's he found right. out he was assigned to he he actually 
he used Google Maps, went to the wrong location. He's <laughs> <laughs> assigned to the wrong damn planet, man. So meant to go to Urath, not Earth. Urath. And then at the end, he came back and said, oh, wait, I forgot to tell you. By the way, you have someone who can, you know, destroy an entire planet living on your planet. It's the came back to tell you, you you've got a Voltramite. It's like, yeah, I know. And he was surprised. So I think, do you remember the final bits of the the finale episode where it's pretty much just setting up season two? Yeah. Showing all the things that are going wrong, people who are, you know, getting more powerful, like those parasites on Mars, for example. Yeah, that's actually going to be worse and worse and worse. Mm Mm-hmm. And they show those aliens plotting to come back to <laughs> to Earth. They just don't give up, man. I need their determination. They've taken so many beatdowns. <laughs> Omni Man's destroyed their planet, didn't they? Yeah, didn't he? But yet they survive. So I need their determination. They're they're coming back. They're not done with Earth. Well, they're not done with Omni Man as well. So that, that last segment was pretty much just setting up um, season two, and we heard Alan the alien sort of give an idea this bit was kind of scary in terms of if if omni-man was he wasn't actually the strongest of the voltramites and we saw how powerful he is mm-hmm. so i'm thinking if he's not even one of the he's probably one, like a soldier so what's that your army general like what's your leader like bro he's gonna be like the representation of like a full stop just no conversation just bang done bang he sees you in your way just Bang, bang, out, yep. bang, bang. Literally, there's no conversation. It's just conquer, conquer. We'll see. Because that, that's a scary thought. It's like, Omni-Man was powerful as hell. And you're telling me he's not even close to being the strongest one? That's nuts, man. How, they go- how, you, how do you stop them? How do you stop them? <laughs> yeah, they don't Who have knows? like the kryptonite in this world. I don't know what they call it in this world, even if they had one. Voltramite. Voltronium. The, you know, do you remember in, in the first episode when he was fighting the Guardians of the Globe? They did mm-hmm. put in a shift on him. He was knocked out. It took eight of them and they all died. <laughs> but, you know, was it eight of them? I'm not sure exactly, but it, it took all of them and he was knocked out. <laughs> so, I don't know. Assemble another team, which they have, and you could maybe take out another Voltramite. Maybe not the leader. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But yeah, it's a scary thought leading into subsequent seasons. That's what good. else is out there for them to face? And it's that's exciting. It's, it's that's exciting. exciting. That's, that's, that's the staple that they've actually done something good. Because you having this mm. reaction is exactly what you should be feeling. Like, damn, you're, this is actually the next big threat. It's pretty damn big. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the mark of good success of a TV show, man. Exactly. It leaves you wanting more. I just hope they just keep up... Keep it consistent. Don't come with that second season syndrome, please. Don't do it. Don't do a heroes. Just don't do a heroes. I've always thought uh, that the third season was always the darkest one in TV shows. I don't know if I've noticed that or not. Or well, just in that. general. Mm, in general, yeah. It makes sense though, because you get the first one, which is you know this is what we are. Then you get the second one, which is like all right, we're gonna do it bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the third one, it's like all right, enough fun. Let's yeah. get dark. That's usually when the main characters take a shift towards the dark side, or one of them does exactly. anyway. Yeah, that, that is like the, the blueprint, isn't it? Pretty much, in some way or another. But in this one, I don't know how they could possibly mm. switch it up. Like, they switch it up from the get-go. Trust. And going back, I kind of brushed over her character. 
but Adam Eve, her powers are kind of crazy. When you think about, it. I don't. I think there's so much potential with her powers because the things she in theory, in theory, the things she could do are insane. I think if she really wanted to, she could be a match for a Voltramite. What could she do again? She could like manipulate like matter or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's mad OP man. And she did, she did, uh, she did that thing. She did. She went on a gap year to the rainforest and started living <laughs> there, being a hippie. It's like, well, the world is burning. Just let me go into the forest. Let me take some time out for myself. Discover, discover myself. Live with nature. Did the typical thing. She's a teenager. What do you expect? Yeah, I guess. Oh, that scene where she saw she was being cheated on, <laughs> bro. <laughs> the duplicates. The Boy. Du- was that a foursome? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah it might have been, might have been more. She can duplicate as many times as she needs to. She's looking in the corner of the room. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Lord knows. Oh no. What about the the robot reveal? Um, <laughs> turned out it was this really scrawny, kind of deformed um, person who was controlling a robot externally to carry out his, his thoughts and deeds and all along he was doing a Pinocchio thing where he just wanted to be a real boy I thought that was interesting mm. um, yeah I just thought it was interesting I was always more focused on the main story but I just found it interesting do you know Zachary Quinto voiced him? Zachary Pinto yes yes yeah. yes yes Sila and his plan so what his plan all along was to free the Mauler twins, those blue, those giant blue twins. You're the clone. Who, yeah, you're the clone. No, you're the clone. I'm, I'm not the clone. Don't start this again. <laughs> mm. yeah. I actually love. Is that? It's not a major scene or anything, but I love the scene where they escaped in the desert, mm-hmm. and then they quickly figured out the type of weapon that was about to incinerate them. So one of them, I guess the original, he was like, "Think first. And he took the other, the clone, and used them as a, a shield. That was crazy. I love that weapon. I love how it was just there to deal with. It doesn't matter what level of uh, super villain breaks out. It's just ready to slice them up differently. And I guess it's not good enough because mm. one of them survived. Yep. And it was, I think it was cool that Robot knew that one of them would survive. He knew that one of them would be smart enough. Well, both of them, but one thought faster. Would be smart enough to figure out exactly what weapon that was. And then to escape and then get get the cloning technology expertise to help him create a new body. I don't, there was a reason why he chose Rexplode, though. Because, um, what's the name? I forget. Uh, Master Girl liked him. Ah, that's messed up, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> really, cause when you see the real robot, he's just he seems like a really old, deformed guy. So mm-hmm. you're telling me, wait, that's messed. Yo. Oh, she's twenty four. Yeah, well, she looks like she's twelve. Yeah, that's that's the messed up bit. So mm. you're telling me this really old dude grew the body of a young person just to. Nah, I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't get on board with that. That's nah, I'm, I'm not shipping them or anything. I find it kind of weird too. To it's be honest, weird. even it's in weird. the show they said it's weird. <laughs> like that it's weird. Proper, proper weird. Rexplode was disgusted. That is weird, honestly. Yeah, I'm gonna move swiftly past that because <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, 
we haven't seen we haven't read the comics. I don't know. Are you going to read the comics? Um, n- no. I think if I don't, if I hear something about it, then I'll be like, oh, yeah, we're in a weird spot where it's kind of it's slightly too late. And if, you, if you're someone who doesn't like spoilers, it's slightly too late. And I know there's some stuff. If someone's listening, someone who's listened, who's read the comics, will probably be listening to this and saying, ah, you guys are wrong about that, or this is what's going to happen. Blah blah blah. I mean, we I, know, man. We know. I get that because I'm gonna be. Do- I, I'm tempted to do that with another show I'm watching. I want to do. I want to read the final chapter of Attack on Time because now it's gone on mid-season break. Um, it's not gonna come until winter 2022, and the story's going so good, and I want to just read ahead. But at the same time, I want to watch the animation. But I know I'm gonna watch the animation if I read it at the same time. I just don't have that with this. I feel like I can just enjoy this on Prime when it comes mm. out. I hear you, man. I hear you. But yeah, there are loads of there are loads of bits which I'm looking forward to. It's really it was really open ended. As I said, the last few minutes of the finale setting up more to come, a lot more to come. And obviously, the main thing everyone wants to see is where did Omni Man go and what's going to happen with that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the subsequent seasons. And it's a great first season. It got me hooked. I recommend it to anyone. I give it. I'll give it top billing. Yeah, definitely rewatch it all, and I'll probably rewatch it again before season two, just so I get the oh yeah for sure the, to get the vibe of ways and mm. the story fresh in my head before I watch it again. But yeah, definitely glad that this was made the way it was made. Only eight episodes. It's mm. not gonna. It's not gonna kill us. No, and that deep. I'm sure you noticed that detail where the title card. It's been talked about a lot, but the title card got bloodier and bloodier. Yeah, each episode went on. But one thing I noticed was between so the blood spattering between episodes seven and eight was a lot. Yeah, usually it's a sprinkling of blood, but for episode eight, they just chucked the whole damn bucket, man. (laughs) This is like here, the whole sign is red now, more or less. And to be fair, that was reflected in the episode because damn, that Mm. beat that Mark took, brutal. Brutal, brutal. And I was gonna have a nitpick earlier. I was like, how the hell is he being treated with medicine? Like, how are needles going into his skin if he's pretty much, you know, invincible and can't be penetrated with any, like, human uh, medical equipment, like needles and stuff? But Mm. this was, I also remember this was in Cecil's high tech facility. Yep. And they have technology way advanced than anything the civilian population's experience. So, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Sorry, just had to address that. <laughs> bring on season two and three and, I don't know, four, five, however many they want to bring until this story is finished. It's, the comics are finished, right? I, I did see, I did read that the comics are completely finished. Okay, so we're going to get a proper ending. An ending by the author. I'm not saying names, George R. R. Martin, but you know, it's good to have an ending that just works. <laughs> <laughs> Man said I'm not gonna say names and then even includes the initials when he said the names. Oh, did you yeah. hear that? I didn't know the mic was on, sorry. Anyway, I think we're done for today. Indeed we are. <laughs> so until next time, we are out. Peace. Peace.